With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wafu FM. And now, a word from our sponsors. You may know him as John Cross from the podcast from the After Movie Diner. Or you may not know him at all. But now you can know him as Miscellaneous Plumbing Fixtures with the release of his new album, Catch Up or Don't, See If I Care. Available now on Bandcamp, iTunes, Amazon, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify and wherever music is found. A full 16 new folk, blues and rock tracks from this bearded singer-songwriter. Find us on Facebook, Twitter and at AfterMovieDiner.com. For links to the album and to learn more, go to miscplumbingfixtures.blogspot.com or miscplumbingfixtures.bandcamp.com. Wafu FM. It's time! For the show! Ladies and gentlemen, I am Chris with a goddamn C. And I'm Chris with a K. It's, uh, it's been a while once again, sir. It has indeed. You've not got your uh, bit of music? Yeah, I can be asked. Fuck stains. It's been a while. It's about two showings on the show, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. That's like the most exposure they've had since the 90s, it's, anyway. It's like 2001, maybe. <laughs> 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 but we did say on the last show that we are going to take a few weeks' um, break. Just to yes. recharge the old uh, batteries and shit. Bit of hiatus, creative hiatus. Yes, that's what it was, because it's a sort of a new year, it's a semi-fresh start for the old uh, Chris and Chris show. Um, going to make the shows, we're going to attempt to make the show weekly every Wednesday. Every Wednesday should be seen, start, everyone can start taking bets now, so how long it'll take, but fuck it off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, till next week. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, but then we're going to start and do, because we always want to do themes for like a period of time, but it seems that we're never weekly or really now and then we were fortnightly for a while. Yeah. So we're going to do, we always want to do theme months, so now that we're weekly, we can do that, which is part of the reason we started doing it weekly. Um, Rather than a theme period. Yeah, it was heaven a year, which was pretty much last year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so this this week we're reviewing uh, The Beyond, Lucha Fulci's The Beyond, which is kind of a. To start, we're going to eventually going to do a faulty month, and then next mm-hmm. week we're reviewing uh, the category three classic sex and zen because eventually we'll probably get around to doing a category three month. So I think so. It needs to be done. It needs to be done indeed. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm uh, excited to talk about uh, Lucha Fulci's The Beyond. So. I am. I am indeed. I'm all set up. Really? Got me Beyond T-shirt on. I got me fucking zombie flesh. You guys cup. Yeah, a uh, little can- candy dispenser. Uh, City of the Lim Dead underpants. <laughs> cat-, cat in the brain butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. There's a, a missed market there, really. It, it is, really, yeah. A cat in the brain butt plug. New York Ripper socks as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a few bits of bobs. Yeah, it's another uh, sort of revamp to the shows. We're not going to spend too long on news because that is what always ended up holding shows back from coming up regularly, waiting for news to talk about. So we're just going to cover it if it's yeah. necessary, basically. Well, I think we we'll, we'll fell into that sort of trap of talking about shit that we didn't really care about. True. I mean, it got some amusing conversations where we'd just be like, fuck this, for ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> comes a point where you just, it just, it's a waste of time talking about, really. Yeah. Uh, but, um, we've talked about, we've reviewed the original film, Samurai Cop, the Samurai Cop 2 teaser, mm. uh, hit the web the other day. Uh, what did, what did you think? 
And um, you know, I, I forgot they were going for the whole. I mean, did, did, I, did, I, did I already know this previously? But they're doing like samurai cop in space. Oh, fuck no, I didn't know that. <laughs> did not know? Because uh, I, I don't know. Is there another film where they're doing that? Some, like it's something in space. Well, they've done it a couple of times in different movies. Like yeah, Jason but X I thought. And... I just thought when when I saw the, the, the special the the the, the trailer, I kind of was like, oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not even sure if it is space. I think it might just be some fucked up base somewhere because there's the, the shots of them. There's behind the scenes footage of them in a bar in a park. Mm-hmm. So I think it might just be some weird high tech bad guy base or something. Yeah, rather than because that's kind of the vibe I got from it. I thought, oh, Samurai Cop. It does look like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's 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 just too on the nose and winky. It's everything I hope they wouldn't do with it. Pretty much. Yeah, and that's that's that. I think it's a bad. Con- I mean, you know, I watched it and have a laugh probably at it, but I just think it's probably a bad concept because. You know, the, the the original film wasn't, like, intentionally shit. Yeah, you can't really <laughs> make a, a sequel to a film like that e- either way. Either it's going to come across as too ironic and knowingly bad, or you'll mm. try and make a good film and everyone will be disappointed that it's not as amusing as the first one. Like, we've been mm-hmm. saying since they announced it, like, we're kind of always on the fence. At least I was always on the fence about it. Yeah, totally. And as for fucking casting, I know, I knew he was already in it, but just seeing him in the show, that fucking Tommy Wiseau guy from The Room, do, do, do you know who he is? No. The Room no. was like, it came out, I don't know, about five years ago. It's like this terrible film that costs like $10 million. It's just the main guy in it who wrote and directed it and acted it, and it's the guy at the end of the trailer who fluffs his line and stuff. Yeah. And he's only in Samurai Cup 2 just as another, like, nod to another bad film. And mm. it just it just put a bad taste in us. I say, why is he in it? He's got fuck all to do with the first film. He's just in it because he's a sort of no name in like bad cinema circles and stuff. And it's just yeah. a bit shitty stunt casting. I don't know. Don't. Yeah. And seeing him in the trailer just made his sick of me mouth. <laughs> just like, ugh. yeah, yeah. But we'll see. I mean, they haven't even film, finished filming yet. They're resuming filming in March, so they're only halfway mm. through. I think if, if that, I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to be. Yeah. Don't want to be too harsh. And it's just a teaser. So. Yeah, well, it'd just be a daft sort of cookie film throwaway. Oh, of course, yeah. Just you know, yeah, it's, I, yeah. it's, this shouldn't have made it. But again, the, the start now. There's no point winching about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the Ghostbusters shitty reboot that we moaned about a couple of times. It's official now, and it's going to the two leads from Bridesmaids are the two main characters. So they go shock. Yeah, horror. I was going to say I saw that. Yeah, it was fe- females cast. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it could be interesting. I guess change it up. Why not? Nah, just get back in the fucking kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get the hoovering done. Yeah. Uh, I could make a, an obvious joke about them hoovering and using pronouns. You've already made that joke. Have I? Actually, I disappoint myself. You did that a couple of shows ago, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, she's she's one of them actresses as well. I'm assuming it's the, the tubby one from yeah, Bridesmaids. Yeah, McCarthy and that Kristen yeah. uh, wig from Bridesmaids, which was in Paul, yeah. and then it's directed by the guy who wrote, who directed Bridesmaids. Mm. So there you go. I just think like, she'll, she'll basically just be the exact same character from Bridesmaids, putting Ghostbusters, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I like your idea that you should play Slime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was cruel, but it was yeah. funny. <laughs> just in a particularly brutal mood that day. <laughs> you were, yeah. When I made that joke. <laughs> Any other bits of jazz? Um, I saw, well, actually, no, we'll talk about because I, I don't think we've really covered it a lot. All the Avengers gubbins mm. that's flying about. Um, yeah, are you excited for Phase 2? Well, I suppose Avengers 2. Uh, well, I'll, I'll see them. I mean, I never really yeah. get, like, hepped up and excited for them. I mean, I'm, I, no. I enjoy the films, but I never get caught up in the hype and, like, I guess I did a little yeah. bit for the first Avengers because it was such a big deal. Yeah, but for this one, I'll see it. But I'm not like chomping at the bit, waiting. Like, can't wait to go get in line and stuff like that. But. So you're not like one of those people that go on Wikipedia and read all about the characters, <laughs> and then be like, "Oh my gosh, like Ultron's totally wrong and stuff." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh my, oh my, fucking G, like the like Ultron is made by Tony Stark. That's not like historically correct to issue thirty four. You ruined, ruined my childhood. That didn't exist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I fucking hate those people. people uh, how come every fuck is a comic book expert ah, no. all of a sudden? Everyone's a fucking, Jesus. everyone's a nerd, everyone's a geek. <laughs> it's annoying. Um, but, I mean, uh, it, it's got us intrigued, the trailers. I mean, uh, it looks like it's got maybe some more somber tone. It did, to the it. first trailer, I haven't seen the new trailer, but the first trailer did give like a sort of dark edge to it, did the first yeah, trailer, which is... Uh, yeah. It's a cliche thing to say, but the Star Wars root of having the dark one, be the second one be the yes. dark one and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Third one will have Ewoks in it and shit. 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> cool, like kitty for the selling toys and stuff. <laughs> I know they're going the typical route of like you know like, my, I don't know. It's like mind control or some shit going on in the film. All right, yeah. All the rest, I don't know. So it's like the characters are going to be fighting each other or something. Yeah, there was that scene of like Tony Stark and the big Iron Man. What is it called? A Hulk Buster. The Hulk Buster. Hulk Buster. Yeah. Fighting the Hulk yeah. and shit. So. Yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it is an interesting thought I was thinking about the other day. Like, you know how how long can Robert Downey Jr. sort of do the Iron Man gig? Well, like every mm. other film, though, doesn't he say like, oh, I might, I might not come back," and then he does, and then isn't that? Mm. Well, there's even yeah. there's even talk that um, what's his name, the guy who plays Captain America, Chris Evans. Yeah, yeah. I always think I'm getting that wrong because of Chris Evans over here on TV. <laughs> Yeah, and there's also, like, I was getting mixed up with fucking Thingy Ryan or whatever. Uh, or was it Ryan? I don't know. I always get those actors. Like, like even Bradley Cooper and stuff. For some reason, my mind just fucking puts them all in the same <laughs> All pot. the pretty guys. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, whatever. <laughs> but there's even some talk that, like, he won't be... He's only signed to do a certain amount of Captain America appearances, including that, like, the Avengers movies. And then he, it, it might go to the, like, in the comics, like, the Bucky character. Yeah, He'll become Captain America maybe eventually if if he doesn't want to do any more. So at least to be following the comics route, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy to think they're not like Captain America and stuff when you think back to like the nineties Captain America film. Yeah, and you just think like how sort of mainstream it is. I know it's crazy. Isn't it? I enjoyed yeah. that the nineties one, the Albert Pyun one. Though, when yeah, I was a kid. yeah, too right. Probably watch it yeah, now. It'll be shit. <laughs> I liked it at the time. Yeah, <laughs> like horrific as fuck. And again, I loved those. Shitty uh, made-for-TV Spider-Man movies when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, or was it like uh, and like the Hulk films as well? Oh yeah, uh, like the one with Thor in it. That one. Yeah, and uh, there's one with Daredevil in it and Kingpin as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <they were. laughs> uh, what was that thing? Um, it was I saw it on Facebook. Uh, Danny mentioned it before we start recording. That the rumor is, no, fuck knows if this is confirmed, but uh, Paramount are looking at Chris Pratt for an indie reboot. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Yeah, I could I could imagine them. I, I, I can only assume this is where the rumours come from, that he kind of looks like he could be an Indiana Jones. <laughs> a bit of stubble and, and stuff, and I think that's, I don't know. I could believe it, but mm. really? <laughs> an Indiana just, Jones reboot? I don't mean to be harsh with the guy. I like him, but at the minute he's a flavour of the month. Mm. And that's the only reason his name's getting thrown around. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like I said, when someone posted this on Facebook, I commented, I was like, Technically, this means I'm going to be sick of the guy in a month because he's going to be fucking everywhere because everyone's on his balls all of a sudden because he's the flavour of the month. Just like Tom Hardy all over again, isn't it? Tom Hardy okay. and fucking Tom Hiddleston, fucking Ben Bedicks, Chibbidits, and yeah. all of them. I mean, I can't, uh, don't really know what I feel about it in, in remake Indiana Jones. Just, I mean, just fuck off with it, that's what I think. Yeah, because like Indiana Jones in itself is like a callback to like a, 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 you know, a world that's gone. Yeah. Yeah. entertainment world you know like the serials and adventure and flash gordon stuff and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. uh and like i don't know it'll be like a callback to a callback like would anyone get it and would it work yeah you no know, stuff and like well, i don't know it's because yeah, the thing it's like they were spielberg and lucas were having to like pay tribute to the shit they grew up watching yeah and then for a while you had movies like um super eight which was like a throwback mm. to Spielberg movies. Why don't people do shit like that? Do throwbacks to to their films instead of just the going, stuff. let's remake that. Yeah, exactly. Like, why aren't people doing throwbacks to what they grew up watching and yeah, stuff? Yeah, a lot of like, people do, but just not as much as you hope. Because now, I guess just because people don't want to fund it. They're just like, ah, let's find a license that's popular that we can make more of. Yeah. Well, I've, I've sort of, we've sort, sort of talked about this before, but like, a prime thing is like a filmmaker's got an idea. He kind of wants to put it on film. He hasn't got the balls or the funding, either or, or both. So they pick a franchise and just like force the fucking stupid ideas into it. Mm-hmm. And it's films like that will give birth to you know like reboots like Robocop. I was going to say Robocop. Like yeah, yeah. Where like you know they've got a bunch of ideas. They could have gone off and made their own serviceable film about a guy who gets turned into a robot or whatever, but. Instead, they just latch onto like another sort of franchise and just change enough of it and make it their own. Mm-hmm. And then slap Robocop on the titles and stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, a lot of the remakes I've seen recently are like that, like the Turtles remake mm-hmm. and all the rest. Like, you just get the sense that someone's like kind of wanting to make their own film, but they've just like used a pre existing franchise yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think that happens a lot, to be honest. It was yeah. like what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago where they're going to. 
uh, do I Am Legend again, but mm. they're using a guy's original script as the basis for it. Mm. <laughs> that makes no sense I, at all. So it's just not the same thing then, Brett. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. That would be better if it was I Am Legend. Cheers, and just bought it off him. I was like, that, yeah. that's, I would feel terrible if that was the writer. Mm. Like, you spend years on this original thing that you hope will take the world by storm, and they just... It's going to attach it to some remake of a film that only was made like seven years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Random. It's all bollocks. Oh, it is indeed. <laughs> but um, speaking of remakes and shitty sequels, and I was going to say shitty actors, but that's a bit harsh. Um, <laughs> Liam Hemsworth, <laughs> <laughs> Independence Day. Yeah, there you go. Good old Liam. Like I said, when I first saw that, I thought I thought it had Liam Neeson. <laughs> that would have been genius, that way, to be fair. Uh, and believable as well, because, you know, Liam uh, Neeson, he'll do out for the right price. He will. He will. <laughs> I think he even admits that. That's not like a slur oh, no, no, on him, no. on his character at all. Uh, he kind of says, like, you've got to pay the bills and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Liam Hel- Hemsworth, I don't know. He's like he's the guy that almost played Thor, let's face it. <laughs> It's true, and he was going to the audition or something like that, and he's yeah. his brother. Yeah, and well, whether it's true or not, but some somebody, I think he went along for moral support, and someone was like, "Oh, what about that guy?" And, he's, and they were like, "No, no, he's just my brother." And they're like, "No, no, can you get him to read it?" Mm. I'm not sure how true that is, to be fair. Like, but. a similar thing happened um, for Mad Max, I think. Mm. I think he just went along for support. He went along with his mate. Mel Gibson went along with his mate for a role in the film, but like like the two days before Mel Gibson had been in a bar fight and he was all black and blue and swollen and shit. So they were like, Oh, you you can you be in it, you can be one of the gang. And then he came back a week later and he was like, obviously fucking Mel Gibson. They were like, You're the lead <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just fainted and was like, You're the lead <laughs> Yeah, that's how you, sometimes I guess it looks do count like oh, yeah, yeah. especially if you're fucking young Mel Gibson. Yeah. So I think that's it then for all the bits of Bits of shit. Yes. So, punchier, a bit punchier. Yeah, yeah, just fling through it, say it's shite, move on. That's how we do things now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll listen to a bit of uh, music from the Beyond soundtrack. Classic. And then we will come back and talk about the Beyond. So we'll catch you momentarily. Yes. Yes.
Toronto, The Beyond, directed by the late, great Lucio Fulci, was released in 1981, considered by some to be the second part of a loosely connected trilogy that's usually referred to as the Gates of Hell trilogy alongside 1980's City of the Living Dead. And the follow-up to The Beyond, The House by the Cemetery, also released in 1981, so a bit prolific uh, for Fulci in 81. Uh, speaking of trios, along with Zombie Flesh Eaters and House by the Cemetery, The Beyond found itself on the infamous video nasty list in the uh, early days of video in the UK. And it, it wasn't prosecuted, but could only be seen in a severely censored form until 2001, so almost 20 years. Which is ridiculous, really. I mean, it's, well, I guess. What do you think? Do you think it should have been cut for that long? Um, nah, not really, yeah. to be honest. It's, it's, it's still quite a nasty like film, but, you know, I guess to conservative MPs, it's, it's the Holocaust. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, once you get to, like, 2001, you're talking, um, you know, like, Dawn of the Dead remake, where there's, like, children babies and all sorts <laughs> of things. That's true, actually. Yeah. Uh, zombie babies, even. Yeah. So, yeah, crazy. Uh, uh, <laughs> the original Italian title translates as And You Will Live in Terror, The Afterlife, which is a pretty badass title. Mm. Well, it's uh, a bit of a random English title, to be honest. Well, I guess it's uh, the beyond. I guess I guess the beyond is like sort of how they translated the after. I'm sure in Italian it means the beyond, the afterlife instead. The beyond sounds more ominous, I think. I mean, it's a good title. Yeah, it is mm. a good title. Just think, like in terms of the content of the film. But I was going to say that uh, the other title that was commonly known as during its like initial US release was Seven Doors of Death, which is a, <laughs> a cut and rescored version uh, released by Aquarius, released and they were responsible for uh, various Grindhouse score classics like Dr. Butcher MD or uh, Zombie Holocaust, Cannibal Ferox, as well as Bruce Plotation movies, Sonny Chiba movies, and the legendary porno Deep Throat. They distributed Deep Throat and The Beyond. Deep Throat. Right, I didn't realise that. Mm. Um, the Beyond was Fulci's 37th film as director, following on from his string of golf filled horror movies. Uh, he's most well known for starting with Zombie 2, aka Zombie Flesh Years in 79. It stars Capriona McCall, David Walbeck, and Chinji Muriel, and was written by Dardano Sajetti, with music by Fabio Fritzi, makeup by Janetta De Rossi, and all three of which are frequent collaborators of Fulci during this period. So, say that's how the jazz, that's a setup. Mm. What's it all about, though? What's the story, man? Well, let's see. When a young lady, fresh out of New York, inherits the Grand New Orleans Hotel, mm. It seems as if her luck has finally changed. However, unknown to the young lady, Lisa, the house has a disturbing past. Built on one of the seven gates to hell, a series of gruesome accidents lead to Lisa to question her fortunes. But can Lisa unravel the mystery behind the Seven Doors Hotel before her sanity is consumed by an unimaginable evil? Oh, it's spooky. <laughs> there you go. We'll play a wee clip from the film and then uh, we'll start talking about it. Yes. Liza, stop it. Look, I'm sick of hearing all these stories. What stories? Well, like the first one about the man over the wall in room 36. And the blind girl that doesn't exist. But it's real. She does exist. I, I saw her. I spoke to her. The girl that lives in the old house by the crossroads? Yes. That house has been abandoned for the last 50 years. But that's not true. Not possible. I was there. I, I mean, I went there. I was there. Yes, I knew you were there. I found the book you left for me to read. You found the book? And I read it. What did it say? Right, so we're opening Louisiana in 1927. It's all shot in sepia. Uh, it's at the Seven Doors Hotel, and um, a painter's in room 36. Painting his painting that uh, will keep showing up throughout the film and then a lynch mob appears and accuses him of being which one of my favourite lines in the movie you ungodly warlock yeah that's quite good mate and then gets whipped in the face with the chain which is brutally Fulgi always knows exactly where to go for when it comes to like no one just gets bit in the fucking throat or something I mean they do but it's like he always puts in stuff like that like getting hit in the face with a chain that rips your cheek off that's bad yeah and, and there's always that noise as well <laughs> Like, it's a popular no- like yeah. noise in all these films. When skin rips, it's like bones being crunched. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> and they crucify him to the wall of the cellar. And what did they throw on him? Is it like hot paint or something? I think it's supposed to be like some sort of like lime or something. Yeah, like, I thought that, yeah. Lime or, yeah, it must be something like that. The way it like froths and bubbles. Mm-hmm. Like, so. Plus like, that wouldn't be the first time limes popped up in one of these films. No, I am the death. Like limestone, yeah. Mm-hmm. Our favourite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very nasty scene, though, getting the big, like, nine-inch nails through the wrists and then mm. whipped well multiple times in the chest and the fucking legs and the back and everything. Yeah, the sepia is 
done really nicely as well. Because, mm. you know, normally you see something like that in black and white or something. Or Yeah. But I don't know. It's interesting to see it in, like, a CBA. There is, a, um, I think, um, like, in Germany, like, the, the their release had it in colour. And I think it's an extra on the Blu-ray and the DVD. Mm. So it's, it's a bit weird watching colour because, it, well, it's obviously it's more graphic because it's got blood and shit. But I prefer the, the CBA. It's a nice way to start the movie. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, the character called Emily reads from the Book of Avon, which is a, apparently not um, H.P. Lovecraft. It pops up in a lot of his stories. Yeah. Flames shoot out the page, and then we've got credits, which is once it's very random. But then again, that's kind of what this film... This film isn't really... It doesn't follow logic. No, no, it's... It, uh, can be cool. it can jump about a little bit later. <laughs> it's pretty much... It was kind of like, I think what you said, it was sort of his attempt at doing, like, just a complete nightmare of a film. Like, nothing really makes sense. And it's mm. more like dream logic than a simple, straightforward narrative. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, but wait, it was that a modern day. Uh, Liza, Catriona McCall has inherited the hotel. Uh, a bit about uh, McCall's English actress, uh, who before this had a small role in uh, Hawk the Slayer. I don't know if you've ever seen Hawk the Slayer. No. Medieval sword and sorcery type film. And then she got the lead in a French... I think it was before that, she had a lead in a French movie called Lady Oscar, which was based on a manga. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm guessing it could be one of the first ever live manga, live action manga movies. It probably would be, because it, like, was this 81 or something? Was 70, was this was 81. I think Lady Oscar was 78. 78, so. yeah. 78. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably will be. <laughs> and then after finishing uh, three films of Fulci, City of the Living Dead, this, and House by Cemetery, and then I think she turned down a role in New York Ripper. Good for <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh, I think even she said on one of the companies, she was like, yeah, when I, when I found out what the film was like, I'm kind of glad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after that, she mainly acted in TV, mostly in France, because that's uh, where she lives. Oh. In France. She was in a film a couple of years ago called House of Voices, because the director was a Fulci fan and tracked her down. She was really good in that. <laughs> cool. Uh, but yeah, whilst renovating a painter sees a vision of Emily, who's now blind, who's got fucked up eyes, and he falls off the bloody scaffold in this clumsy arse. Yeah, and what I want to know... Mm. Is how does a man fall off a six foot scaffolding? That's true. Six foot really? white scaffolding. That's true. You've got to be a right clumsy sort to do that. <laughs> I just laugh at that line. I don't know. It is a good line. <laughs> <laughs> they always say in the, um, the commentary that those fucking contact lenses, apparently they were like a quarter inch thick and they were just mm. glass. And yeah. they just hurt to wear. They were so, you couldn't blink properly. There was, you couldn't see a thing. So uncomfortable. Yeah, it looks it like. Put a chin where I asked to wear them for like 95% of the film. Yeah, yeah at least a few other people have to wear them, but only for like literally one take and stuff. One camera shot, yeah. <laughs> and a John McCabe, played by uh, the late great uh, David Warbeck. He had an um, interesting career. He was uh, in Sergio Leone's last Western Fistful of Dynamite. He was the, remember the Milk Tray adverts? Yeah. He was the milk tray man in the 70s over here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, the most interesting bit I've always heard, I've heard him mention this in interviews before, I looked up on the wiki page just to get a, like the proper facts about it. He was up for the role of Bond, <laughs> but he lost out to Roger Moore. Mm. And he said that he was like paid like as a substitute just in case it didn't work with Moore, like he was the second choice. Mm-hmm. But then when it, when Moore left he was and Dalton was cast, he was told he was too old by that point, so... <laughs> I, I, I could have totally seen him pull it off because he does have a suave look about him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, probably like more than Roger Moore in a sort of way. Like, I always mm. say, like, Roger Moore brought an unfortunate goofiness to the Bond franchise. Mm. <laughs> Which probably wasn't his fault. No, it's the no, probably the opponent, right But he's, he, I guess he was perfect for Goofy Bond. <laughs> as, mm. much, as much shit as he gets, I do like <laughs> Roger Moore Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but unfortunately, Warbeck uh, died of cancer in 1987. And um, the, the commentary track, it's on the Blu-ray, it was on the old Ankh. It's on most of the releases of uh, The Beyond, was recorded apparently just a few weeks before. Although you can't really tell. I mean, he sounds frail and he's coughing and stuff. Mm. But, uh, you know, he sounds ill, but he's he's just in good spirits, cracking, like, inappropriate jokes and making Harry on McCall cringe and stuff. It's really good commentary. You should give it yeah, a listen. I'll give it, yeah, listen, yeah. Uh, other Warbeck films, Chad, uh, The Black Cat. Full choose the black cat, which is I quite like it. Most people say it's shit, but I think it's pretty underrated. Mm. Um, the Last Hunter, which is good, a nice hard edge now movie, and Ratman, which I know you've seen because you randomly found it at work one night. Yeah, yeah, in a draw, and was like, oh, just. I remember you yeah. actually saying at the time you were like, is this guy in it who's all Roger Moorish? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, just put it together. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's it's a piece of shit, Ratman. Though I fucking love Ratman. <laughs> I was I honestly put it on when I saw it. I was like, it's probably gonna be guff. But fuck it, I need to see it. It's called Ratman, for God's sake. And it's got Warbeck in it. <laughs> so yeah. I, was, I was watching them like, at the end I was like, no, that was genuinely entertaining. <laughs> you didn't like Ratman? What's my uh, I just, 
I wanted it to be because uh, it was genuinely creepy in places. Mm. But I don't know. I just I probably just wanted more from it, and also it was a bit exploitative, using like some little midget guy. I think at one point he was like in the something. Like he was the world's smallest actor. Or something, yeah, like, yeah, I think that's right. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We should review that one. <laughs> yeah, I suppose we probably should. I'll do, a mid- do a midget month. <laughs> Small person month. Just roll yeah, right, right, but midget month rolls off the tongue better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll get there. Uh, we'll meet Joe the plumber next, who may as well be called fucking Mario because he's the yeah. most Italian-looking plumber on the planet. I do like it how he just like he drives into shot as well, and it's just like Joe the plumber. Yeah. It's almost like his cue card or something. It <laughs> totally, just yeah. comes up. <laughs> but there's a, there's a weird exchange because he's like, he's there to fix a big leak in the in the cellar. It's all flooded over, mm. and there's a weird exchange with the Martha character, sort of like the the maid of the house at the yeah. hotel I suppose you know that's how weird is that exchange it's never it's never explained yeah totally because it's like what is that is that sexual tension is it anger is it fear you yeah. don't really know they just they like suspiciously look at one another and, yeah. and as she approaches out the fucking darkness <laughs> well creepy <isn't> it? yeah <laughs> like I would not be having her around my house I would be like no you're fired yeah it's only just creeping around all day they're fine <laughs> and stuff but yeah as it just stares at him and is like I made a pass and then he's all like mm, Mark, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just like weird because <laughs> my guess is like because later the next scene we'll meet Arthur who's her son and even he asks Arthur if, and Arthur yeah. <laughs> even he asks if Joe's here so my guess putting it together is that like They've had an affair years ago, and Arthur's his son or some shit. But it's, just, yeah. it's there for no reason. It's just there to add a bit more weird mystery, like unexplained yeah. mystery to the film. Yeah, chances are. Plus, when we meet Arthur, though, fuck, oh, fucking... <laughs> yeah, he's all special, isn't he? And stuff. He's all sweaty and nervous and socially <laughs> awkward and stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, he, weirdly, though, when Arthur... No, I mean, what, just to clarify now, we're going to spoil some things. We'll, we'll try and be vague in certain parts so we don't ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but... When Arthur does die, well, no, he doesn't die. He just, he, well, he probably does because well, he, he, we- he goes weird see, at the end. Yeah, you see him as like monster mode. Yeah, so, but yeah, yeah. the one time you don't see, that's the only character that's kept off, has an, has an off screen death. Phil yeah. that day was the, 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 the Gennaro de Rossi wasn't there. He was just like, eh, let's, let's, let's hold it back a bit. There's too much eye violence in the film. <laughs> There's a lot of eye violence in this film. He loves his eye violence. <laughs> and speaking of which, Joe is fixing a, uh, a leak that's coming out there, the wall. He's mm. hammering through the wall. That's obviously the wall where the painter was crucified. Yeah. And a hand shoots out and gouges his fucking eye out. The, the first big nasty bit of the film. Well, apart from the start. Yeah, but yeah, it, it is probably like out there go. He's he gets his eyeball spooned out with a, a finger. Or whatever. The only thing I don't like about that, I think, ruins it is the eyelids come off as well. Yeah. If only yeah. they could have found a way to use some stronger latex. That's the only bit. I always think it's a great shocking moment, but then the eyelids coming off always ruin it for us. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that wouldn't happen. Very specific. <laughs> no, I've seen that happen before in real life. That wouldn't happen. <laughs> um, Emily appears in the middle of a bridge in a rather creepy, very nicely done shot as well. I don't know, that bridge, I'm guessing, is in New Orleans and it's looks mm. about 10 mile long or something. Mm. There's a lot of, obviously, nice while we're on that subject, like on location filming and stuff. Yeah, a lot of it was. I think only the interiors were done in Rome. Mm. The majority of it was done in New Orleans, which is well, yeah. bad. Yeah, definitely. I'm guessing this time they actually had to have you know permission. Yeah, definitely for some of the longer shots and that, rather than just like camera under the uh, under the, <laughs> the, the the arm sort of thing. Like that, they didn't. Wasn't it like uh, zombie flesh eaters and stuff for the like illegally filmed? Like... Oh, they'd never get permission. Yeah. <laughs> if it was, if they knew they were just going to be there to get a few exterior shots for a couple of days, they'd just be like, "Fuck it, just." get on like a commercial flight and just fly over and just film shit and go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she appears um, in a really eerie shot and she's got a slight bit of reverb on her voice, which is nice. Adds mm. another bit of weirdness to the to the character and stuff. And she, um, <clears throat> she wants Liza to give up the hotel. She won't tell her why. Mm. She's been very cryptic and shit. And then Martha discovers Joe's corpse, which is disgusting. <laughs> she's like spewing what looks like blood and egg yolks. Yeah, and like quite a lot as well. I'm impressed. Like, where does it all keep coming from? <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> like, at least two mouthfuls he spits out in yeah. one take. And you're like, oh, yeah. No one thought you, though. He probably just made him drink like eight glasses of fucking egg yolks. And then was like, you be sick when I say action. Hey, <laughs> 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 that like, poor bloody actress in City of the Living Dead who had to put like like partially swallow loads of fucking lamb offal and then throw it up. Mm. 
<laughs> when you know that, when you watch the film, if you, if you think, oh, she's just got it in her mouth and she's just spit, spitting it out, but when you know she's actually slowly throwing it up, it really does make you feel sick. Yeah, damn. Mm. <laughs> uh, we see uh, Fulci regular Al Cliver from uh, Zombie Flesh. He does pop up next as uh, McCabe's assistant. Mm. Yeah. He's obviously a bit of a dumbass because he's got a brain monitor hooked up to a 60-year-old corpse. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what that scene was all about, to be honest. Like. Yeah, I think just so later on, like when it, so you know he's still alive when it goes to the thing, but there's, there's no real way they can get around to having a brain monitor on a 60-year-old corpse. Yeah. Who's blatantly dead. Because for the most part of the film, you kind of forget all about that character. You just kind yeah. of assume he died or something. <laughs> yeah, he turns up there, then he turns up randomly at the end, just hanging around the hospital and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> Warbeck does tell a good story in the commentary though he's like oh this is Al Cliver uh, he walked up to me on the first day and set and was like my name's Al Cliver I'm the dumbest person you'll ever meet <laughs> nice I said like, what a way to introduce yourself yeah I'm a dumbass <laughs> um, the acid scene here we go this is where mm. the film just goes and for no reason bunch of acid cool. dumped my head yeah <laughs> and it goes on we just, I don't think it goes on for too long some people would say it goes it, it's a bit too extended and yeah, I don't know. I don't. Th- this is probably sort of my criticisms of the film, like beginning <laughs> where, like, I just think there's there's a lot of like gratuitous, like, <laughs> well, no, not not in terms of violence, just oh, like yeah. camera shots and stuff, and mm. uh, you know, like this girl's being chased by a slowly moving pool of bloody acid I just thought that's like, I mean it's just like it makes no sense it. why she wouldn't just run out of the room <laughs> it's like, I think that's kind of why I like the film so much because it's just like if you just go into it completely just just not turn your brain off but just accept what's on the screen mm. that it's happening and no reason for it <laughs> then it's totally enjoyable yeah but couldn't you just apply that to like the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie <laughs> well, you could I suppose <laughs> yeah no, there's, there's no I, I scene don't. in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie where like Splinter has acid poured on his face for ten minutes. <laughs> if only, if only. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a it, the, the, I must say I still think that effect of the, mm. the I don't know whether it's a combination of a wax head or makeup being dissolved like with water off a person's mm. face. It's hard to tell because it's, it's still both. It's, it's yeah. probably a mixture of both, but it's still a really good effect. Because at first, I mean, you pre- it's like if it is a wax head, it's fucking a really good wax head. Like, yeah, 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 definitely. They also mentioned in the comedy that Fulci apparently had a major problem with the girl he plays Joe's daughter. Really? You know, he always he always hates someone apparently on his set, yeah. and it's, it's usually a woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, because she's yeah. older than she looks in the film. I think she was about nineteen or something. Yeah. And apparently, just had a go down. He's, he accused her of being a druggie for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> she looks the type, to be honest. She does a little bit, I must say. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Emily fills lies around the history of the hotel, tells her it's one of the seven gateways and stuff, so she tells her not to check out room 36, but well, it's yeah. a horror movie, so she does. Yeah, I mean, it's like, don't go out there and stuff, you know. Well, you're going to go out there, aren't you, with a little torch? <laughs> totally. That's totally what happens in a horror film. So, yeah, yeah she, she heads straight to room 33. Uh, is it 36? 36. 36, yeah. Yeah, yeah and checks it sees out. A, <laughs> sees a, um, a vision of the guy hammered into the wall, basically. Mm. Yeah. I don't know why them nails are there, though, because he was crucified in the basement. So. Yeah, like, is that... Once again, continuity error. Doesn't, make sense. Yeah, doesn't yeah. make sense. Not supposed to make sense. <laughs> um, and then we get Fulci's cameo, of course, as the librarian. Mm. Yeah. It's always nice to see Fulci in little cameos. Apparently it was the only day he used to have a shave and stuff. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, if you look at, just look for behind-the-scenes pictures of Fulci, he always looks a mess. Yeah. People have said he wasn't the most hygienic person in the world, either. <laughs> so, yeah, he probably stank a little bit, you know. He's concentrating on making a gold classic. He's not worried about cleaning himself. Yeah, well, you know, it's like Einstein's always wore the same clothes. Exactly. Yeah. Fulci never bathed. <laughs> all shaved, I did that. <laughs> uh, but uh, who is the guy again? He's like sort of a decorator or something that goes to the library, look up the plans of the hotel. Yeah, I've lost track of who he was. It was like Liza's, Liza's like friend or something. He's the friend, but he's always, whenever he's talking, he's always talking about what they can do with like on the uh, cheap to renovate. I think he's like the designer. Uh, or... Maybe he's like yeah, yeah, like he's hired to like look. Do the hotel up or something, maybe. Yeah, because yeah. he goes there for the plans and sees the plans and they're all mental and stuff. And then, once again, just because he's fucking with the gateway to hell, lightning strikes, he falls off the ladder, and then spiders come out nowhere in his face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so random. And like, this is one of those great films to explain to someone who is not familiar with these type of films whatsoever and just look at the expression on the face change the more you keep talking. <laughs> the guy falls off right. a ladder, right, for no reason, then spiders eat his face. Yeah, whilst he's, like, presumably paralysed, I suppose that, that yeah. was what they're going for. Yeah, he's still, he's still conscious. So yeah. he's not dead. 
I mean, you're kind of an arachnophobic, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, I used to be. I'm a lot better these days. Yeah, I thought it was more when you were young. Is this still irky a bit when they're crawling on his face and shit? A little bit, like, yeah, for a minute. I think it's the fact that, like, you know, being awake but unable to move mm-hmm. thing as well. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> I think anything on your face in in those in that sort of circumstances would fuck you up. I just think the scene would be a hell of a lot freakier, though, if they hadn't have, like, used the fake pipe cleaner-looking spiders yeah, for, like, I the was, close-ups and stuff. I, I was going to mention that, yeah. Like, why go to the trouble of getting, like, actual, tra- like, tarantulas, but then, like, using fake ones? I mean, I yeah. get... It's because it is like a special effects trick, obviously. You know, to establish the fake yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, you get you, you get the person's eye accustomed to the fake one. and, and it's, just, it's, they, look, they don't even look like spiders. Though. No, exactly. And they're not moving <laughs> properly. I would, like, I'm sure someone's just got them on strings, you know, like, like sort yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, should, they should have just had the real tarantulas in the foreground, kept the other ones out of focus. And then when you're in the close-ups, you're not really bothered because you're not looking at the spider. You're looking at the results of what yeah. they're doing and stuff. Yeah. But there's still some amazingly, like, Good gone shocking shit in this scene though. Mm, yeah, it's like biting his tongue out and shit. That's that's crazy because I'm that I'm not sure that just looks like a real mouth to me. <laughs> I know it's obviously not his real tongue, but yeah, maybe it's like I don't know something like he had a prosthetic tongue in his real yeah, mouth or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's but, a mad shot, like from the inside of someone's mouth. Yeah, yeah, it is. Is it? It's probably not a real mouth actually. How the fuck would they get a camera past his cheek? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> just just thought that. <laughs> Like, in, like nowadays, they'd be obviously be able to easily do it, but I suppose back then, there's not like they would even get a miniature camera because the technology no. doesn't exist, yeah. <laughs> I suppose. So, yeah. Yeah, that scene's always uh, seen as a standout scene just because it's so random and just ridiculously gory. And it's that the guy's lying there, can't move, and he's got a spider eating his eye, eating his fucking lips, eating his tongue. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bit I hate, you know, the, the, the eye bit. I just don't like the bit where it rips a chunk of his lip off. Mm. Like right at the top of it. Yeah, because you know how bad it is, man, when you've got a bit of a dry skin on your lip, how much that stings. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> a spider ripping your chunk, fucking chunk of it off. Uh, what we got next? Uh, yeah, McCabe, after hearing what Liza said, finds out about Emily, finds a house. It's abandoned. There's no one living there, Lando. What the fuck's going on? No, no one's lived there for 50 years. <laughs> and he finds the Book of Avon. I used to pronounce it Ibon, because Avon sounds like Avon. It does a bit like. <laughs> Martha's death now, with Joe coming out the bath. And it's yeah, classic Fulcher. You got the low slung camera angle mm. and the prolonged. You know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I like the nice reveal. Like, it's a nice idea. The whole like water draining away mm. as well to like reveal the monster in the bath. I remember seeing a idea. clip of. Um, you heard of this movie called Diabolique? Yeah, it was remade in the nineties with Sharon Stone. I think that's familiar. Yeah, I remember seeing a clip on telly once from Diabolique, like the original French one. Yeah, and there's a scene where a character who's supposedly dead stands about the bath, and I'm sure it's probably a nod to that because mm. that's really freaky. Like in the in the Diabolique movie, and I'm sure it's a bit of a nod to that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but it's fucking. Joe's a great zombie because he's just got no. With him having no eyes, he looks even more motionless than your usual. Yeah. and he's I don't know like even like before he dies he's got quite an emotionless face to be yeah honest. he's got quite an intense emotionless face to be yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah she gets um, her eye a back of her head slammed into one of the nails that are in the wall and her eye pops out in lovely totally zombie fleshy mm-hmm. fashion yep is that same idea loves his eye violence it's like the same it's like zombie flesh is reversed instead of her eye being gouged in it's popped out <laughs> yeah and McCabe's back at the lab I love the way the lab's designed I doubt any lab slash morgue looks like that anywhere in the world it looks like something like 2001 yeah I was going to say it's kind of like Buck Rogers or something like just that pure like, white but... with a few beakers <laughs> in the background <laughs> I was just going to say and like the fucking laziest extras ever oh yeah who are just like dead bodies in yeah. bags. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if that's the case for them guys, but I know at the end, with all the corpses on the floor, they were just tramps. Yeah, well, <laughs> they paid in booze to lie still for the day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Classic uh, low budget. Well, I don't know if it's low budget or just something faulty we do. Like, can I get some tramps as fucking zombies? Yeah, well, you know, why pay for, for actors when you can just get tramps? Yeah, just give them some cheap booze and say, shut up. <laughs> uh, but McCabe finds the uh, airborne symbol on the painter's corpse and he thinks, something's going on here at all. Although he say, he looks like he's, he's catching on, but then later he's like, this is bullshit. I want a rational explanation. I'm phoning the fucking FBI. What are you phoning the FBI mm. for? What they can do? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. I think that's just that Italian script writing of just like, oh, what, the, what would the Americans do? Oh, they'd phone the FBI, some shit, I'd just put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I probably, think I probably ever got a tattoo, I might get the Ibon symbol. It's quite a cool symbol. It's like, simple yeah. enough, I love the film, and it's small enough where I wouldn't regret it in years to come. Yeah. 
I'd probably just get fucking paranoid that I've cursed myself or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, like, yeah. like the, the Ouija board incident. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but then we get uh, back in Emily's house and the dead, the people who've died throughout the film have come back and I stand around a room and just screaming, I'm not going back. So there's another thing that you've got to put together yourself, like, where's she from? Then is she from, quote-unquote, the beyond? Yeah, I mean, it kind of, it does lead you to believe that she's, like, obviously a ghost mm. in some form. She's a, every other character with those eyes are evil. Yeah. She's kind of, she's not evil, but she's mysterious. You don't, you don't really yeah. trust her that much, but she's trying to get her yeah. to sell the place so fucking hell doesn't invade her. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, the, our guide dog attacks the zombies. He seems to do a pretty good job, and then just randomly rips her through it. <laughs> well, he's, like, I, I was sort of laughing about when I watched, you know, like, he's pissed off that he was tricked into fighting zombies. He thought he was just going for an intruder, but... Mm. So when he came back, he was like, you know what, bitch? <laughs> Send me into a zombie fight, I'm going to have you. And half it, he does. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, this is the, probably the bloodiest bit in the film, for it's... Mm. It rivals the throat-ripping and zombie. It's probably, actually, it's more way more over the top than the throat-ripping and zombie flesh he does. Yeah, well, yeah, it, I mean, it's very similar. Mm. Uh, but it's like it probably ups it a notch. Yeah, yeah. They've went above to the point where when it's like the chunk of the throat ripped out, and you can see bone and shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great. And then, yeah. not finished there. Random body pop once again. Thought you just going for the painful shit, like rips that ear off. Yeah, like ah. And as you know, it's now worse than a sore throat and earache. It's a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, this this is straight up out of um, Argento's uh, Suspiria. There's mm. a scene in that where a guy. The blind guy with the guide dog. He's got dog, right? Blind dog. Blind. He's blind dog. He's guide dog. <laughs> he's guide dog who's blind. His guide dog randomly attacks him and rips his throat out. Now, yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, I think we've watched that before. I, I think we remember. I seem to remember when you first got it on video or something. No, right. well, I, I, I wasn't sure if you'd seen Suspiria. No. Yeah, and no, I don't think I've seen Suspiria, but I think I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it actually. Mm. Um, but I remember you showing us because mm. I, I always get like the two films kind of mixed oh, up, right. like the Beyond. Whenever I'm trying to think back, because because I've seen the Beyond before, mm. but whenever I think back, I kind of think like, is there a bit with a guy and a dog and stuff? <laughs> so because <laughs> I, I was also think like something about someone falling through a window and stuff. And, yeah, that's Suspiria. Yeah, yeah. So that's it, yeah, totally. You've definitely shown us like all basically all the gobbits in Suspiria. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably seventeen. Like, What's this? <laughs> Essentially, I'm never sure whether it's like a flat out rip off or it's it's a bit of a homage to Dodge mm. because it's always said that they didn't fucking like each other around this time because they were considered rivals, mm. and they were going to work together years later. But then Fulci died just before they got a chance to do, it, which is a fucking gem. Would be mine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, as for the why the dog attacks her, well, I guess we can say he was pissed off that he got sent in to fight fucking zombies. Let's <laughs> say so he just sat down, had a bit of a think about it, and thought, nah, I'm not having this. But there you go, there's another scene concerning her character that I'm never sure what it's trying to tell you. When she runs out the house, mm. and then Liza closes her eyes and imagines her running out three times, and then there's man's footsteps behind her, then it shows the dog. Are they trying to say the dog is actually a man in disguise as a dog? Yeah, person? Oh, fuck knows. Yeah. Like he's a protector or something, but it's actually not really a dog, it's ah, fuck knows. See what I mean? All I could concentrate on in that scene was how big the dog's bollocks were, but... Swinging in slow motion, I know that as well. <laughs> Just like, Jesus. Um, but yeah, there you go. Um, McCabe tells Lisa that according to Avon, the hotel is a gateway, and then pretty much that is the signal for shit to kick off. Fucking wind starts going. Yeah. I think, like, blood starts flying at them and shit. Someone's, like, listening, and they're like, ah, they've got them right. They, they understand the plot now. Let's fucking go for it. Just all zombies going, right? That's for you, lads. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get the uh, great line, which I'm not sure who was supposed to be saying this line, just the Lord of the Beyond or something who says, and you will face the sea of darkness and all therein that must be explored. Mm. I love how that just pipes in out of nowhere. But it's a yeah, kick it's, like, it's not like the film opened with, like, you know, a monologue or anything. No. Or, or anything or, so, yeah, a bit random. <laughs> very point. random, yeah. I love that my, one of my favourite shots in the film is now when they leave the hotel... 
and the music dies down and then the lights come on and you see zombies stand up and shadows mm. got really fucking creepy that i think yeah i was thinking there you know that like it's an interesting scene to like put together like i wonder how successful it was at first and whether that had to do they, multiple takes they wouldn't be surprised yeah for the timing and stuff like that you know because uh, yeah a lot of the shadows kind of work at the same time mm. it's, it's just really nice yeah. to put together a bit. it's really creepy yeah, yeah. Mm. and of course we've got the hospital finale now with the the dead in the hospital come back alive and the zombies and that I was saying to you the other day the only reason there's zombies in it I don't think there was supposed to be full on zombie attack scene in it but mm. the German backers who were partly funding the film were basically like is there zombies in this film? and they were like <laughs> well, not really well we want the fucking zombies or you don't get any money we <laughs> <laughs> want the zombies <laughs> I can imagine that to be honest <laughs> So then they had to put zombies in. I do like the zombie with like half his scalp removed, though, just balanced on his head. That's mm. pretty gross. Yeah, it's uh, it's like on the back of the steel boot and stuff, mm. and it's very like kind of iconic. Yeah, he's really cool. Yeah. Um, and Al Cliver comes back. He tries to kill fucking Warbeck by accident with a big cleaver. Mm. <laughs> and then for some reason, the door explodes and kills him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, uh, and McCabe just like casually exits the room without any concern. Yeah, he, he sees the door explode and just takes a sidestep and fucks off, basically. <laughs> it's like he's not like shocked. He doesn't try to help his mate. No, he's just like, oh, well, he, he's done for. Yeah. Move on. That's, that might be the most random bit in the film, though. It's random. Yeah, Because oh, I... I'm not sure this time I noticed that it seems like Warbeck shoots the door before it explodes, but I was like, if that's the case, why is the glass coming inside? Inside, yeah. But once again, yeah. gates of hell open, it doesn't matter. Fucked up shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the kind of what I was sort of, my take on it was that, like, some of the stuff wasn't really happening, and it was, like, all just, like, their imagination and could shit. Be. Or something, you know, like maybe they never even left the hotel or something. The thing is, you could say that, and it could be true because there's no real rules in this film to say that's not true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Joe's daughter's hanging around the hospital, we should mention earlier on in the film, which is at her parents' funeral. She's got the eyes, something happened. Something up with her. Mm, something up with her. Some ginger kids made him trust them. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Uh, but at this point, you get like the sort of notorious quote unquote blooper when they get in the lift. I don't know if I've talked about this before. I might have shown you it before when I first noticed it. When he gets in the lift, when he sees um, Liza and the kid. Mm. What, and he loads a gun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's, yeah, bless him. Nobody, that, that's not like a blooper. It was him fucking around. Oh, and everyone sure. thinks it's a blooper. And he's like, well, no, I know how to load a gun. It's just like, because if you notice, he pulls the barrel out first, the, well, the chamber thing. Yeah. And then just spins the gun round and looks at the camera and then she starts cracking up and then the door's closed. And I think he even said, he's like, I figured they would have noticed that and used the other take, but they didn't. <laughs> so whoever was editing was like, just it's like, good. That's, Print that's, it. that's how you load guns. Just move, move on. <laughs> you put the bullets in the barrel. Why not? <laughs> uh, but then they go back in the lab. Fucking zombies start coming back to life, obviously. And then this is where... Joe's daughter turns, grabs Carriona McCall's face, and without any hesitation, McCabe turns around and blows her face off. Yeah, like, how does he know that she wasn't just trying to get a, a spider off her back? I know, it's like I instantly he hears a noise and she's like, <laughs> <laughs> It's quite shocking, though. I imagine, uh, oh, I imagine like, at the time, Jesus, yeah. cinema audiences watching that would have been like, what Especially, the fuck? I mean, I know, like I said, like, the actress is older than she appears in the film, but she's supposed to be pl- playing, like, 12, 13 year old. Yeah. She just gets a, like the, from a nose to the top of her forehead, shot off. <laughs> and it's done that quick. Obviously, it's a dummy head, but it's done so quick and edited well where it still looks quite real. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I just think yeah. it's funny because it's so quick, but he's kind of spent, obviously, to up the amount of gunshots and blood and stuff, but he's just spent the last five minutes shooting zombies in the arm and the shoulder and the knees. But mm. with her, he's like, yeah. not straight for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably like one of my frustrations that whole zombie scene, to be it's honest. It's just like, padded out, though, isn't it, really? Yeah. Just loads of like, come on! You think you would put it together? He's like, he shoots one in the chest twice, then in the head it dies. Mm-hmm. He shoots the next one like in the arm, then the head and it dies. You think you'd be like, right, aim for the head. Yeah. I think he does say on the commentary that at one point it's one of the zombies who he's really close to when he shoots in the shoulder. Mm. And I think Fulci was like, now I want you to shoot him in the head, like point blank. And he's like, I'm not going to do that with a fucking blank fire. It's still pretty dangerous. Mm, Fulci yeah, was like, yes. now I want you to shoot him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> so they made like a, he was like, well, hold on, what about if I shoot him in the shoulder? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay with that. And they just had to compromise. But I was like, what if someone died? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You could still fucking, if something could still go wrong shooting someone that close with a blank in the head. Yeah, definitely. It still has a discharge and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, uh, <laughs> The painter shows up again. The cop, well, he's called like Schwick or Schweck or something like that. Yeah. Um, he shows up as the cops again. They've managed to get the go to a door and they managed to 
somehow find themselves back in the cellar of the hotel. It's all a bit mm. weird. It's all a bit strange. Yeah. And then sort of, yeah, we can... It's literally the last 20 seconds. So I don't know if we should yeah. spoil it or not. It's a bleak end, yeah. to put it that way. It's, yeah, it's an anticlimax. I, yeah. do, I do love it. Yeah. It's one of my favourite... Like, it's in my top five, like, horror endings for just how bleak it is. It's like... It's sort of like saying, no matter how hard you try, you can't escape it, really. You're fucked. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. Very bleak. Then you get the painting... They're in the yeah. painting, pretty much. Yeah, nice transition. And you get yeah. that, and you'll first to see a darkness quote again, and the end. There you go. The end. I mean, left to think, what was it all about? Mm, just a bunch of gore. <laughs> a bunch of tastefully shot, nightmarish gore. That's all it is. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. It's not pretending to be anything else. No, it's not, no. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, very talented effects guys. Mm-hmm. Talented cinematographer. It's a really nice-looking film. Mm. Well, it's the same as Zombie Flesh, it does, isn't it? You know, same like, guy, yes. I think it's Sergio Salvati. He was yeah. up until about New York Ripper, I think he was his DP. Yeah. And a lot of people say once you start working with him, his films look less polished and, and stuff like that. Mm. He had a yeah. lot to do with how well he's, how good his films look, really. Mm. So, uh, pl- uh, points to finish up one favourite character? It's got to be John McCabe. He's badass. I think, mm. to be honest. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a, he's a handsome, roguish chap. He is. That's what he is. He's a suave mother crusher as well. <laughs> what about you? Would you agree? I would agree with Cave, yeah. Because like, I, yeah. I think just David Warbeck's just a dead likeable actor. Yeah. Because like I said, he's just suave and very manly and yeah. badass and stuff. I mean, I would say the, uh, Emily's quite a babe. She's quite fit. <laughs> I was going to say Liza was my second choice just because I think she's lovely. Yeah. I love Carrie on my call. She's lovely. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's quite, uh, she's got like really warm face and mm. stuff. Yeah. And just very British. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, favorite scene for me, it's got to be the dog bite. The dog bite, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like the way it just turns because you know it's going to happen anyway. Even if you've never seen the film before, you know it's that's not the end of it. <laughs> yeah, totally. um, and then, like, yeah, just the gratuitousness, just just the like the <laughs> and the billowing buckets of blood coming out of the throat. I think ah, you can't get much and, better. And than of course, this. you can't beat the gargle and the classic when anyone yeah. gets something in their throat and fudge, they don't just go. They literally go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ten hours. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, uh, my favourite yeah. probably the the. Well, sorry, you went first. <laughs> no, it's, no, no. Go on, go on. You do yours first. Uh, I was going to say my favourite scene was probably probably the whole finale in the hospital. I've always liked that. Mm. Thanks mm. to good old Germans. Thanks to the Germans for the, the zombie. <laughs> <laughs> but insisting that zombies were going to be in it. Yeah. I mean, I would say like probably a close second would be um, like like the whole them uh, well the ending was being generic. Like the actual okay, the, the shot, they end up in the beyond. <laughs> yeah, um, just because of the fact you you can actually like physically identify that it's supposed to be the painting, like, yeah. you know, like straight away you're like, ah, oh, right, the, yeah. the light in the painting, and it's like recognizable from the painting that they're showing. It's an you, awesome, so. like eerie shot. Like the obviously, it's just like sand in a warehouse somewhere. You yeah. can't tell no. the smoke. Like the smoke, the smoke, the views, like. Looks, it looks like the painting. It looks exactly like the painting. Yeah, yeah. So it is nice. Mm. Like, yeah. I think the second for me would be Martha's death with the eyeball and the nail and stuff. Yeah. I think that was the yeah. first clip I ever saw of the film. Yeah. And I was like, "Fuck me, I need to see that. It looks brutal." Yeah. Looks brutal, dude. Totally brutal. Uh, favorite kill slash gore moment. I guess you've already said really your favorite scene. One of the dog oh, attack. Maybe, maybe. Um, well, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, I like the dogs, the dog bite scene just for like. Uh, you know, like the spontaneity of it mm-hmm. and the viciousness. But I suppose in terms of, like, the technical goal and stuff, probably, like, the acid scene. Mm, yeah. Just because, like, you know, it's it stands out. Like, you, you can't, you know, that it maybe slightly looks dummyish at one sort of angle. But um, it's spot on, like, you know what I mean? You, you, I'm sure, like, effects guys couldn't top that even today. Mm. Sort of thing. I would say, probably the same thing. I was going to say Emily and the dog, but I'll say Emily and the dog and the acid scene. Yeah, yeah really right. well so done. For, for like technical sort of goal and like uh, and the, the special effects, yeah, it's spot on. Mm. Really, really yeah. good. Yeah. So, as you would you, obviously, I guess yes. Would you recommend this film to someone who has not seen it? Sir? Um, I would recommend it to the, to the right person. Well, I'd yeah. say that you wouldn't give it to your mum, isn't it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I don't know. It just it has pacing issues. I would recommend Zombie Flesh Eaters above the Beyond. I'll well, yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, I that think I think probably as a film, this is probably his best film all round as far as like ideas and tone and all that stuff. But I, I'd still say Zombie Flesh Eaters is his most fun movie of that period. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because you can just drag zombie flesh eaters. You have to, I've seen you've got to be in a certain mood to watch the Beyond, but I can just stick zombie flesh eaters on any time and have a good, yeah. good time with it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would recommend it. I think it's a, it's, it's a classic and, um, one of his, like, it's probably his best film, I would say. Mm. Go check out the, uh, the Arrow release. It's a badass release, yeah. Mm, very good, yeah. Very good indeed. So, uh, I think that's it then. Yeah, punchy, yes, that's right. punchy show this was. That's what I like. So yeah, that's it. Uh, next week we're going to be reviewing, uh, Something sexy. <laughs> Something sexy. We've done go. Let's do sex. Go on, sex. Uh, we're going to be reviewing the Category 3 Hong Kong classic, Sex and Zen. That'll be an interesting show. Mm. Uh, so we'll wrap up with another track from the soundtrack, and uh, we'll see you next Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. Nah. Bye. <laughs>
I'm Stacey with Aness, the Director of Operations over here at Wafu HQ. If you'd like to support the show, a review and rating on iTunes would be much appreciated. Just search for Wafu FM. Or, if you're not an iTunes user, a review over at Stitcher.com would also be flipping marvellous. Once again, just search for Wafu FM. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, the email address is wafupodcast at gmail.com. Or alternatively, if you'd prefer to leave a voicemail, head on over to www.speakpipe.com slash wafufm. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.